This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio Writing Project. OWP supports teachers from all over Ohio and celebrates the professionalism, expertise, and talent of our state's educators. Ohio Writing Project. Teachers teaching teachers. to Write Answers, a production of the Ohio Writing Project. This is a podcast where we explore the latest trends and best practices in education. Each episode, we bring in expert guests to share their insights and experiences in the classroom and offer practical advice for teachers looking to improve their craft. And if that podcast intro sounds strange to you, that's because it is. It was produced by an artificially intelligent app called ChatGPT. It's the sister of an app called InstructGPT, and it was put together by an artificial intelligence research and deployment company called OpenAI. And if you've been following any of this on teacher Twitter, or if you've read the recent article about it in The Atlantic, you know that lots of teachers are really worried about how AI could affect the future of writing instruction. Why is that? Well, This app can produce lots of different kinds of writing. For example, when I typed in the prompt, give me a short, sentimental poem about Ohio, it gave me this. Ohio, a place of rolling hills and golden fields, where the city's pulse and the countryside yields, a sense of peace and a friendly embrace, a melting pot of culture, growth and change. So here's to Ohio, my home of endless possibility, where the heart and mind can roam free. Not that great. Quite frankly, I think their podcast intro was better, but you get the point, right? AI can write stuff. So if we assign stuff, students could just have AI write it for them. Or could they? That's what I talked to TJ Wilson about today. He's a great friend of OWP. He got his master's degree through OWP's MAT program through Miami University. He's an active participant in different kinds of OWP professional development. And he's a member of our weekly writing group that meets on Saturdays. But one last thing before I throw to the interview. You know, it hit me about uh, probably 15 minutes into our conversation that this isn't just about... AI being able to do students' work for them. It's about why would students cheat to begin with? It's about how we teach, and it might also be about how we grade. And TJ Wilson is the perfect person to talk to about this kind of thing because he's been writing about it in his blog and doing lots of thinking about it for quite some time. And just to mess with him a little bit, I decided to have ChatGPT write a few of our interview questions. So here it is, my conversation with TJ Wilson. All right, so uh, this first question is uh, from the prompt podcast podcast questions for a writing teacher named TJ. <laughs> how did so TJ? How did you first become interested in teaching writing? <laughs> um, I uh, probably in college, which was really late, because uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to do good in my job. I wanted to do. I wanted to have a service job. And uh, I really liked reading and I did not like writing and reading, I think, like uh, really weird books um, like Tom Robbins. Uh, I know you like Tom Robbins, but 
he kind of like changed my mind about like what is possible with writing. And then when I started writing myself, I started realizing um, how much writing had changed me uh, as a person. And uh, I got better as a thinker with writing. So that's when I started realizing that, you know, I want to be an English teacher and I wanted to share that with uh, other people. That change couldn't have happened all at once though, right? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so like you I imagine, like, do you remember what some of the first, like, non-school things were that you wrote? Uh, yeah, I was writing short stories in college classes that I didn't like. <laughs> that's what I was doing. <laughs> we all that's did. probably a bad thing to admit, but, um, you know, that's what I did sometimes. And, man, um, I think that was the first writing that I did that was not uh, given to me. Um, I, I remember even after that, I wrote stuff that I didn't like, uh, that was for school. And I don't, I don't know if I answered your question there, but yeah, I, I, I still have the story too. It's really terrible. So where was the turning point for you? Like going from writing short stories that maybe weren't the best to being like a writer who loves to write and appreciates their writing and writes good stuff. Um, I think like. I probably could give you a better answer if I thought about that question more, but honestly, like just writing like, so like, okay, I think I just realized, remembered it. Okay. So, um, I got all of the stuff that I am from today or all of the knowledge that I got is from professional development books. It sounds yeah. ridiculous, but it's no. true. And like, when I got out of college, I like, um, I didn't know what I was doing. Although mm -hmm. I had a really great college education. I had an amazing mentor teacher. And uh, she was a huge uh, espouser of OWP, which, you know, she has her students write and she writes with them. But she, And then uh, when I got into school, I was just hungry for knowledge. And I read Carol Jago, Penny Kittle, Kelly Gallagher, all the greats. And then when I started writing with kids, that's when I realized that that informed me of how I should teach better. And then also it did so many other things. So like really, it wasn't until I got into the classroom that I really understood the power of it which sounds so weird no i completely this is something we've been exploring a lot in this season of the podcast is just how writing just the act of writing can inform teaching so i'll get back to our ai generated questions in a second but can you talk about some of the ways that uh just i think this is actually going to connect in the end too can you talk about some of the ways that just writing has informed the way you teach students uh, yeah. So when I was starting out, it was very easy to get pigeonholed into like, you're a knowledge person, you're teaching multiple choice, you're teaching uh standardized tests. If you become an AP teacher, then you're worried about like, um, writing, uh, timed writing and stuff like that. And, um, I think like when you write, you realize how slow it is and mm -hmm. how much you need time to come up with your own ideas and how much, how much you need to be well-informed, observant. And like all of those things are, are really tough skills to bring in a 40, 70 minute classroom. Um, and so like, I felt myself becoming more like a dungeon master. If you want to get really super nerdy about it, like dungeon masters, like they create the quest. They like um, tell the heroes, they give the heroes feedback on where they're going. And they don't tell the heroes what to do. They just give them the space to do the thing that they're going to do. 
And no matter where the heroes decide to go, they're going to get experience, which builds them up. And like, that's kind of like how I see my job now, which is very freeing and liberating because I'm no longer like a judgment in chief kind of guy. I'm more of a, I'm going to give you an experience and you're going to get a, as much out of it as you put into it. And I will help you and guide you. And I'll tell you when you, when you've lost uh, life points or whatever, but you know, uh, I'm not going to, you know, tell you what to do. I think that the real soundbite here is TJ Wilson sees his classroom as him being a dungeon master. Yeah, that would be I, that. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> I wish I hope I create that reality in my classroom. Every day. But, but joking aside, I think that I think that's probably the big thing that I take away too. especially like when I try to do my own research assignments or when I try to do research with the mindset that my students are going to be doing something similar is it's it takes so much longer than one class period. But before I started writing, I might just assign a class period. And like you said, I don't know if I was always creating like an open space kind of environment where writers could flourish, like you're talking about. Whereas before it was just assign, write, give feedback and try to do a good job, try to make it fun. I think writing helps you helps us to at least it's helped me based like you're making me think about it like it's helped me to really try to be more create more real writing opportunities for students instead of just writing assignments yeah that's that sounds really awesome um and that's kind of hard to do sometimes as well especially like budgetary and I don't know there's like so many that's like a whole new podcast series of like how to make authentic writing assignments like I learn that every year oh I know and it's and I I can't get an answer and I can't find an answer myself like the time piece that you're talking about like part of the writing process is time away from the piece and it's really hard to create that yeah in a classroom I know and it's like uh, like I when I became a teacher I was like so worried about getting fired like I was just so worried that someone <laughs> would just realize that I was the dumbest and I shouldn't be in charge of a classroom. And so like really cool things that I really liked or maybe thought was kind of like, what is going on here a little bit? Like, for instance, I remember one of my English teachers had us take a walk around the school and just like write things we observed and write poetry. And like at the time I was like, well, I get to walk out. So that's great. But I, I loved it. I loved doing it. It was great. And yep. then when I became a teacher, all that cool stuff went out the window because I was just like, <laughs> these kids need to pass these standardized tests and I need to help them and they need these grades. And I was just like constantly not sticking out of my head out of the mole tunnel or whatever you want to call it and just like burrowing deeper into, you know, fear and worry and stuff like that, which I think is like a lot of teachers probably. Fear and worry. You're right. And like in bur burrowing into what we all got to do when we took the four week also known as Ohio writing projects, four week course on the teaching of writing that happens every summer annual course. Um, there's so many things that like, it just awakens in us as teachers, like, like what you're talking about, the walking around Miami's campus writing, like my, how OWP does their version of that. The peer groups where you just write for a long time and then just share it with a small group of peers and just get feedback and give feedback. Just that, open space again that dungeon <laughs> yes the dungeon <laughs> the writing dungeon it doesn't sound as good when you call it a dungeon i gotta say <laughs> yeah i don't think that's why anyone's really used it probably i don't think um, it's gonna stick but <laughs> right 
but yeah. it is that that space where you are just creating that environment it's something that owp does it's something that we know to do as writers and then it's hard to translate that into a classroom sometimes yeah i think like i am constantly trying to make my classroom like the four-week owp like always like that is my like benchmark because that like revitalized me in so many ways and i mean it was just a wonderful experience it is like a true north all right yeah. so here's podcast questions for a teacher who is exploring chat gpt how did you first become interested in chat gpt technology uh the worry and fear surrounding it basically like i think there's an atlantic article that was like do we still have jobs or i can't remember what the title was but like the end of english or something yeah and everyone's worrying about it like at my school at other schools uh i'm sure if you typed a google search that said like uh what are teachers worried about the answer would be chat gpt or i don't know so like um I think Maybe, I'm interested may, like, let me please, interrupt let me oh, interrupt yeah. sorry just as you're about to answer the question before you say what it uh what you got you interested can you explain a little bit about what it is from your research okay yeah so chat gpt is a artificial intelligent uh software algorithm that basically sources material that it has so like basically I think it has material from 2021 I think so it's got a database of stuff and it's not logical it's not logical in the sense that if you give it a bunch of math equations it's going to be right all the time it's going to source a bunch of data and compare it and whatever algorithm it produces it's more like a scrapbooking of stuff a logical scrapbooking of stuff and it's very smart and it's constantly learning and it's going to get really good probably um and so I got interested in it because you know if you it, there's just been a lot of people worried about it um and the most the biggest concern i think is plagiarism whether students are going to use it and uh that's how i really got interested in it because it's like well is it really going to replace english teachers as some articles have said or some people i've talked with personally have worried about and i feel like that's uh, a legit fear that you know something like that could happen but i honestly don't think it's a fear that we should have why don't you why aren't you worried about like I, I anyone who's familiar with it has tried typing in different things like high school essay about blank and it spits out a perfect five paragraph essay about whatever your topic was um why are you not as worried about it well I think you set this question up, or if it's Chet GPT setting this question up, uh, logically, it's done a really good job of answering that question for me, which is that I'm not worried about it because writing is not the product. It is the experience, which is mm -hmm. what we've been talking about. And like, I mean, yeah, if you have, uh, if you, if your educational system, it allows something like Chet GPT to game the system, then that doesn't say much about the educational system to begin with. And I feel like that's a, a conversation that we've been having for a long time now that really needs to start changing things uh, about the educational system. So for instance, like I think I read one place where ChatGPT could write a really good college essay mm -hmm. or write or build a resume. And if you think about it, those things are really like, uh, they're, they're, they're pieces of writing, and especially a, call, a resume it's not like a creative thing. It's just like data that you put together that looks good. It's not real writing. And a college essay, you know, 
I think that's its own argument. I'm going to kind of stay away from that. But like college essays have a formula like that people look for and it's standardized and it's, you know, so it's going to be, I mean, I don't think I'm worried about college essays, but I'm worried about the way students think and approach problems because, you know, I think ChatGPT just pro proved to us once again that the world isn't stagnant with its technologies and that we need to constantly adapt. And um, if we don't teach writing in the way that shows them that thinking is constantly adapting and writing is one of those tools to constantly adapt to your own thinking or the world's thinking, then we've failed as teachers. Yeah, it's almost like there are a couple of things swirling, swirling through my head. Like, I want to be careful how I word this because I feel like in 20 years saying something bad about a robot could get you canceled <laughs> because I think that they might become our overlords at some point. But so I'm going to be careful how I word this for posterity. <laughs> but with uh, chat, with functions like ChatGPT, with this kind of robot that is just a basic AI that has lots of information from the web loaded into it, and it can get better as you give it different prompts and more opportunities, it seems like if this kind of robot can create a paper that gets you an A, why are we assigning, like, why do we care so much about writing that a robot could create? I think is kind of at the heart of what you're saying. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. And I think if you are a teacher that values like writer's workshop, which I think most teachers do, then you'll know whether someone's been using chat GPT or not. Right. Cause you're, looking at their drafts, you're looking at their feedback, you're having conferences with them. I mean, really, if like the at the base level, if I got a paper by somebody that I was suspicious of using chat GPT, and we haven't even talked about prompts and stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, I could just have that person come to me and just ask them about their piece of writing. And then I could find out whether they know about it or not. And if they don't know about it, then that's very suspicious. And it doesn't matter if chat GPT has done it or not. It could be Alex from uh, my other colleague's class. Um, that it's done it. I think you also brought up an interesting point in your one of your essays about this, about the nature of cheating and what causes people to want to cheat. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I read a book. One of my first PD books was Plagiarism by Barry Gilmore. It was written in 2008. And uh, I saw him speak in Tennessee. He's from Memphis. I think he's a principal now. But um, that was the big deal when I was starting teaching because digital papers were becoming a thing. Google Docs was like starting to be, to like come to fruition as far as what is it it is today. And I loved Google Docs. I used it before it was cool, which I don't think I'm cool anymore because of that. But like I loved it. I thought it was great, a good thing. And I, I we had Turnitin.com, which is a, a chat. Uh, wait, not chat. Cheating software that like basically you funnel in all your students' papers and then it checks out originality to report and it gives one back to you. And so like, that's what I was kind of thinking of when uh, when I got, when I was thinking about ChatGPT is this experience where I had realized that the reason why students cheat are basically uh, because of stress, culture. Um, I think I marked the the part before I talked to you. It's a, uh, hold on a second. It's student confusion. So like, basically, if you're confused and you are afraid to ask, you can, you can plagiarize. 
external pressures, meaning you're worried about the grade or you're worried about your family coming down to you if you don't get a good grade. Cultural expectations, if the students in the class don't take the class seriously or you don't think there's value in the assignment, um, if you don't think the teacher cares, and then perceptions of ease, if it's easy to do it. And I feel like number four, that one right there is the one that people worry about a lot because I feel like the first three are easily solvable um, or more easily solvable. Um, and like, but the perception of ease one, like if it's easy to cheat, then like that's probably not a good writing assignment or a good writing instruction. Uh, it's not a process, it's a product. Yeah, so like teaching the writer versus teaching the writing is the common saying in the world of writing workshop, right? It seems like once again, when you put all that together, that grades are a big part of the problem. I don't think that like the grades obviously directly is the external pressure. The grades also kind of tie into the school's cultural expectations. The grades create that perception of ease because if you're not doing it, if you're just doing it for yourself instead of doing it for a grade, if you're doing it to further your own learning instead of doing it for a grade, the perception of ease isn't going to be as much of a factor. And I think that a lot of student confusion comes from the brain worrying so much that it can't think straight. Like we are so worried about grades, we get confused about basic directions or we get confused about what it's going to take for us to get an A. So yeah. just I, I, not to shoehorn it too heavily, but I think that don't you think that if we if more teachers moved away from grades that you'd have fewer teachers or fewer students resorting to cheating? OK, so if you have like a, a gradeless environment, it makes things less efficient. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is this a lot of fear in the sense that, you know, if you disagree with a student, like, let's say you have a, a an evidence-based system like I do, where you're collecting a bunch of evidence and the student's also collecting evidence and reflecting upon that evidence as they go along. And then you get to this point where you have to decide on a grade. There's fear there that, like, quantitatively, you cannot prove that a student deserves this grade. Um, and that is, like, I think something that we need to get away from in, in the sense that, number one, we probably need to find a better way to, like, judge whether a student has done the work um but also we need to get away from it because it like stops you from doing having good discussions good valuable discussions with students that are like you know about like you know dungeon mastering them along to the next quest and not just like you know this is what you got mathematically it's more like let's talk about this you disagree with me on what grade you should get let's talk about why that is and i feel like that's a very valuable conversation now I get why people don't do it because if you have to do that for like 40 of your 150 students, that's a lot of work, it's a lot of time mm -hmm. it's built in, um, but it's something that needs to change for sure. So back to my list of AI generated questions, what are some key benefits of using chat GPT in the classroom? I don't know, that's a good question. I've heard some really good ideas from other people though. Um, one of my colleagues basically said that they are gonna use it to show what how to not write a college essay. So they're gonna have like five different essays. One will be Chad GPT and then the other will be students. Um, I think you can have it edit your own essay. So you can upload an essay and see the choices it makes and like use that as a teaching tool. 
it's basically like another student or a crappy writer or a very knowledgeable. Like it's just, it's like a software. It's a piece of software that mm-hmm. kind of just like messes with your stuff and then you can react to it. And uh, that's interesting. I don't know if myself, I would find value in that. Like, I feel like right now it's such a phenomenon that we're all like, Ooh, that'd be interesting to use. And we feel like it's this big, important thing, but I don't think it will be after a couple months. We like, uh, we're really adaptable, right? And and like, I use this analogy all the time about Michael Pollan where, you know, fire like has changed our DNA yeah. because we can get higher nutrition from cooked things. Yep, and we don't like, have to chew as much. Yeah, we don't have to chew as much and that's great. But like, we're still human. We're still like made out of bones and sinew and uh, all this inefficient stuff and and, part of the things that made the pandemic make me realize like, okay. So like I wrote this essay about this stool that I brought to my classroom and it's basically its function is to be portable. So I can bring it around with me and sit down with a group of students. And like, that's like, I don't know when that stool was invented. Like it's an Ikea stool. So it was an, it was invented recently, but a long time ago, that stool was invented. It was a rock before Mm -hmm. that. And like the function of that is to like connect with humans and to be there and to react to them. And that's what the pandemic made me realize is that we often worry so much about the tech and all this stuff that's going to change our future when really like we, 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 we are human beings that really like connection and facial expressions. And like writing is so hard. You have to like put facial expressions, tone of voice, the loudness of your voice, your gestures. You're like the way your body posture is, it's got to like account for all this stuff that like Chet GPT will never ever account for. And that's stuff that you got to practice. So I'm not worried about Chet GPT. So remember that poem that we opened with? I asked Chet GPT to write the same poem, but use more metaphors. And here's what it gave me. Ohio, a tapestry of vibrant colors where the fields are a sea of gold and the sky is a canvas of blue. In the summer, the heat is a fiery embrace, while in the winter, the snow is a blanket of lace. And it goes on from there, and I'll spare you the details. If you want to follow TJ Wilson's work, you should check him out on Twitter. He's Mr. TJ Wilson, and I have put that Twitter handle in our show notes. I also have a link to his blog, which is thomasjosephwilson.com. Great writer, great thinker. You should definitely follow him and his work. And you should also follow the Ohio Writing Project and its work. Check us out in the show notes. Google Ohio Writing Project. Bring Ohio Writing Project to your school. They do just the most transformative professional development that you can imagine. The master's program that OWP offers through Miami University is really something special. Check it out. And as always, thank you for tuning in to Write Answers.